Hey, Bridgetown, and to those of you listening online, my name is Colin Majak, and this is the Bridgetown Daily for Wednesday, February 10th. At the start of the year, I decided to follow along with our annual Bible reading program. It had been a couple years since I'd done a structured Bible reading plan, and so I wanted to read through the Bible again and to hopefully do so with some fresh eyes. So when January came, I opted for a different translation than I'm used to, and I began to read. When February rolled around, I finished up Genesis and got into Exodus. And while I have some base familiarity with the book of Exodus, this struck me in new ways this time around. In particular, a short line right in the middle of the book in Exodus 20. If you know the story, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years when God encounters a man named Moses. God calls out to Moses from a burning bush and tells him that he's going to lead God's people out of Egypt and out of captivity and that God is going to make this happen through a series of plagues and miraculous works. And all of that happens, and it's an incredible story if you haven't read it. Fast forward a bit to chapter 19. The Israelites arrive in the desert of Sinai, and they set up their camp at the foot of a mountain. And God speaks to Moses, telling him he has beautiful plans for Israel. God's plan is to come down the mountain to where Israel is, to move towards them and make a covenant with them, a type of agreement, if you will. And the covenant is that if Israel obeys his commands, God will be with them and will make them, quote, a kingdom of priests, meaning they'll become his representatives to the world, spreading beauty and goodness back through the world as it should be. So God instructs Moses to get the people ready to go through kind of ceremonial washing and cleansing, all of which is preparing them for God's arrival. And the text says that two days later, thunder and lightning and a thick cloud come over the mountain. And the mountain becomes covered with smoke, so much so that it looks like a furnace is burning on the mountain. And so the Israelites are standing around the mountain, and it's at this moment that God speaks what we've come to know as the Ten Commandments. Now, there's so much that can be said here, but here's the scene that I can't get out of my mind. God has just finished speaking the Ten Commandments, and there are the people looking at the mountain covered in thunder and lightning and smoke. Picture the scene and imagine yourself in that ancient desert. This would be nothing short of terrifying. You're a part of a newly emancipated people with no home, no sense of belonging or a place to call yours, living day by day in a desert with nothing but what you can carry on your back led along by a God you only barely know who's been speaking to someone named Moses, but not to you. And so surely they're wondering, who is this God who comes in thunder and lightning and smoke? Will he do to us what he did to the Egyptians? And so they're standing and watching as the mountain thunders and smokes, having just heard this mysterious God speak. And in the middle of this fear and chaos comes this little line, verse 21. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Let me read that again. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Where are the people? They're standing at a distance, standing back, looking at this mountain. Where's Moses? 
he's moving toward the mountain, towards that thick darkness and smoke and chaos. And perhaps most surprisingly, where is God? He is in that very darkness. The people stand back and Moses moves one step at a time right into the thick darkness covering the mountain. That language struck me that the thick darkness where God was. Now, it's important to remember that God's initial invitation was for everyone to draw near. And what happens? Fear sets in and the people keep their distance. They stand back. Before them is a type of great darkness and thought of going near is just too much. And they want Moses to go instead. You know, oftentimes when we think of darkness, we think of it as a moral thing or some sort of evil. But that's, that's not what's going on here. In an ancient world, much like the modern world, darkness means that you can't see. But the difference being that there was no electricity and oil and wood to burn were scarce. So the world operated on what could be seen to a naked eye. You did your work and you lived your life in the light of day. And yet in this story, where is God? Not in the convenient, obvious light, but in the thick darkness. Not in the known, but the unknown. Not in the certainty, but the uncertainty. Not where you can rely on your senses, but where senses fail and you cannot see. God is waiting for his people in the thick darkness. And when we look at the library of scripture, every great spiritual pilgrimage in the Bible, even up to this point and even beyond, involves stepping into a similar kind of uncertainty into the unknown, because that is where God tends to be. And the same is true for us. More often than not, it's at the edge of safety and comprehension and clarity that God waits for us, because it's only there that trust can actually begin. So the question we must ask ourselves is, will we with courage step toward the unknown or stand at a distance? Will we move toward the darkness and uncertainty? Or will we stay back where it's safe and all is clear? Will we move toward the mountain and truly find God? Or will we stay back to craft the golden calf of a God that we can understand and wrap our head around? Put another way, will we enter the darkness where God is or be forever left mediating our relationship with God through the spiritual experience of another? Now, while for most of us, there isn't a literal mountain or cloud of smoke, the reality is the same. God tends to meet us, not when we back away from uncertainty, mystery, and fear, but when we move towards it. If relationship with God is built on trust, then it will be in moments where we have to trust that God will be found. And so a similar choice will come to us time and time again to move toward God in the thick darkness or to stand at a distance. Maybe for you, it's your future and you don't know where you'll be a month from now, much less a year or two from now. Maybe it's your marriage and wondering if it'll work out or your lack of marriage and wondering if you'll ever be married. Maybe it's your theology and for the first time, you're staring down questions you don't have the answer to, and you're afraid of where you might end up. Or your relationship with God, 
or your family or your calling or some sort of other pain or longing you just can't figure out. It's just unclear. It's just not for sure. And it feels like darkness. If you're not experiencing that now, it will come. And for many of us, our instinct is to stay where things are clear, where things are certain and safe and we can control and run our lives, where things are tidy. And that's my tendency for sure. Yet I wonder if more often than not, God is waiting for us where our senses fail and trust begins, in the uncertainty and mystery. If we stay where things are, are certain and clear, or where we can reduce God down to tidy answers or mediate him through others' experience, do we run the risk of missing God altogether? Again, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So what is it for you? Where are you feeling uncertain? Afraid? In what area are you clinging to certainty, to answers, and to what you know? And where might God be waiting for you in the thick darkness, beckoning you forward? With that in mind, join me for a moment in a short imaginative prayer exercise. I want you to close your eyes and imagine yourself in a desert. Imagine yourself feeling the dry air, the dust and sand on your skin. Behind you is a small camp. It's not much, but maybe it's a tent that you've made yourself somewhat comfortable in. And before you is a mountain. And that mountain is bleak looking. It's covered in clouds of smoke. So much so you cannot even see it. That as you look towards it, light seems to fade slowly to black. And all you can hear is the cracking of thunder and the blowing of hot wind. That mountain could be any area in your life that feels uncertain, mysterious, or even fearful. But hold that image in your mind for a moment. And cutting through the noise, it is from that mountain that you hear God gently saying, come. Pray this with me. Jesus, would you grant us the courage to step forward, to embrace mystery and uncertainty in our fears, to release control, to move past the safety of what we know at a distance, and to step by step move closer toward the thick darkness where you are and in so doing to find you. 
Amen. Thank you for joining us. Go in peace.